personal battle, physical and emotional, a defining moment, and a man who would never be the same. Hey, welcome to On My Walk, the reading podcast that helps you capture reading's aha moments and apply them to your life and leadership. This past summer, I read The Narrative of the Life of Frederick Douglass, an American slave. I love the book. To me, it was, it was informative, it was instructive, it was inspirational. And since I was on a podcasting break back then, and since it's February and Black History Month now, I wanted to share a couple of my aha moments from that book. Now, you may be asking, well, why in the world should I read a book about a slave who's been dead 125 years? And I say, it's because Douglas puts a face to facts. His life showcases the brutality of slavery, for one, and it, and it demonstrates, for two, the power of the human spirit to overcome both oppressors and oppression. And I think in Frederick Douglass, we see a microcosm of slavery. He shows us the evils of that bondage, but he also shows us a way out. And Douglass, because he was a Christian, helps us to understand slavery not only personally, but also theologically and very practically as well. The incident I'm going to share with you today is going to illustrate what an entire generation of men and women endured, but it's going to show you something else. It's going to show you how cowardice in any of us can give way to a defiant courage, a resolution. So let me set up the altercation between Frederick Douglass and a certain Mr. Covey to whom he had been, quote, let out, close quote, for a year. A little bit of backstory. Douglass was a slave for the first 20 years of his life. Now, he would spend the next nine as a fugitive slave, and then for more than 40 years, he was an outspoken abolitionist, he was a reformer, he was an editor, and he authored three autobiographies. When Frederick Douglass was 15, near 16, his master, Mr. Thomas, sent him to a Mr. Covey. Now, why in the world would he do that? Well, in Douglass's own words, Here's why. Master Thomas at length said he would stand it no longer. I had lived with him nine months, during which time he had given me a number of severe whippings, all to no good purpose. He resolved to put me out, as he said, to be broken. And for this purpose, he let me for one year to a man named Edward Covey. Mr. Covey was a poor man, a farm renter. He rented the place upon which he lived, as also the hands with which he tilled it. Mr. Covey had acquired a very high reputation for breaking young slaves, and this reputation was of immense value to him. So slaveholders would give their difficult slaves to Mr. Covey for a year, and he would break them. Now, we need to understand the duplicity of what was going on during this time among many slaveholders. I mean, it boggles the mind. This Mr. Covey was a, quote, professor of religion. He was a pious soul, so to speak, a member and class leader in the Methodist church. He would pray and sing hymns every morning and then go out and beat his slaves. Something's wrong with that picture. So the teenage Frederick Douglass lived with Mr. Covey for a year. How'd he go? Well, Douglas said, during the first six months of that year, scarce a week passed without his whipping me. I was seldom free from a sore back. And then came the battle with Mr. Covey. Listen to this. Covey at length let me go, puffing and blowing at a great rate. 
saying that if I had not resisted, he would not have whipped me half so much. The truth was that he had not whipped me at all. I considered him as getting entirely the worst end of the bargain, for he had drawn no blood from me, but I had from him. The whole six months afterwards that I spent with Mr. Covey, he never laid the weight of his finger upon me in anger. He would occasionally say he didn't want to get a hold of me again. No, thought I, you need not, for you will come off worse than you did before. This battle with Mr. Covey was the turning point in my career as a slave. It rekindled the few expiring embers of freedom and revived within me a sense of my own manhood. It recalled the departed self-confidence and inspired me again with the determination to be free. The gratification afforded by the triumph was a full compensation for whatever else might follow, even death itself. He only can understand the deep satisfaction which I experienced, who has himself repelled by force the bloody arm of slavery. I felt as I'd never felt before. It was a glorious resurrection from the tomb of slavery to the heaven of freedom. My long-crushed spirit rose, cowardice departed, bold defiance took its place. And I now resolved that however long I might remain a slave in form, the day had passed forever when I could be a slave in fact. I now resolved that however long I might remain a slave in form, the day had passed forever when I could be a slave in fact. Wow. That slave in form as opposed to slave in fact was my aha moment. And when I heard that line, it hit me. And I mean, it just reverberated in my heart. Still does. But I'm having a hard time expressing why. You know, there's, there's so much to be said about the cruelty of slavery, the inhumanity of slavery, the evil of slavery, the long-term impact of slavery. And Douglas and many, many others have rightly done just that, as we all should. Proverbs 24, 11 and 12 says, Rescue those being taken off to death, and save those stumbling toward slaughter. If you say, but we didn't know about this. Won't he who weighs hearts consider it? Won't he who protects your life know? Won't he repay a person according to his work? Ah, but, but what happens when help doesn't come? That's what makes Frederick Douglass's words so powerful to me. Frederick Douglass in many ways foreshadows Elie Wiesel, the Holocaust survivor who, like Douglass, refused to let the injustice committed against him to define him or determine his attitude. He foreshadows John Perkins, who refused to adopt bitterness as his traveling companion, and yet if there were anyone who had a reason to live with bitterness, it would be John Perkins. Frederick Douglass illustrates the truth of Paul's words. For he who is called by the Lord as a slave is the Lord's freedman. Likewise, he who is called as a freeman is Christ's slave. You see, there's something about being made in the likeness of God that allows a holy self-determination that says, I might be a slave in form, but I am no longer a slave in fact. And there is something about the power of God that enables one to rise above the injustice and not get dragged down by the bitterness. 
say this whole conversation deserves a series, not just a podcast. But that battle with Mr. Covey and the response of Frederick Douglass shows me God has made us response-able. He has given me, by virtue of being created in His image, the ability to choose how I will respond, even when that response is not easy. And that's Frederick Douglass. And that's my thought on my walk with Frederick Douglass and his oh-so-important autobiography, The Narrative of the Life of Frederick Douglass, an American Slave. Now the question is, what will you do with that thought on your walk through life today? 